0: Will know you obviously from We the Hollowed and the Disruption Generator mainly. This oracular device that you created that is a bibliomantic device, which I use to uh divine the episode art for each episode. So whether or not they've heard us together and us, you know, talking in the many episodes we've already done, and I hope to do a monthly one with oh, yeah. you. Yeah, Definitely. um they will know your work. So yeah. it's really fascinating to me um that you've moved into a, and I need you to explain this, a clairomantic oracular device, the impossible yeah, uh, game.
1: I was trying to figure out what, uh, what to call an oracular device that used dice mainly, mm-hmm. and I found clairomancy. I've heard other ones, but Claromancy, I liked how it sounded better than the other one I'd heard.
0: Sounds clerical. But, um,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the impossible game, the, uh, the the board game that only exists in your mind.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to show it here. There we go. <laughs> I don't have a green screen, so I'm just discovering this thing right here. Woo uh, so the impossible game is like a very um, nebulous, or not nebulous, I would say a ethereal kind of idea for me. Um, some people, if they pay attention to what I'm doing via YouTube, would know that I did like my very first bare brass knuckle kind of reading with it, uh, but it was very quick. It wasn't... Uh, as thorough as I would like because I get really put on the spot, you know, when it comes to live streaming, so oh, yeah. I kind of ran through it, but let's talk more about the uh, actual creation of this thing. And why a game?
1: Oh, why not a game? I mean, yeah. um, the idea of like, the idea of an Oracle as a game I mean, Tarot's a game, so yeah. why, not, why not go further? I mean, I, I've loved board games my entire life. Um, but the, uh, the impossible game originally started as it was going to be a Dungeons and Dragon's Dungeon crawl. That's where its origin was. Like I was thinking, what best would symbolize like, an irregular device, like what better than like a hallway you're walking down with many different choices of doorways to go through? And then I just kind of thought it actually worked better as a board game because it's open, it's free, you just move down spaces, you know, and yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll make, and it's, it's, it's a novel kind of idea. It's a lot of, a lot about novelty. It's like the idea that, you know, you, you've never really seen a game, like a board game as an oracle and the idea of making it infinite and impossible to win felt like a really strong symbol.
0: Yeah, what I've loved, you know, about you and, and doing these oracular devices has always been something about like this antithetical tarot idea. It's always like breaking away, but also like something very elemental about tarot in both of them: the disruption generator and uh, oh, the yeah. impossible game. Yeah,
1: they're kind of riffs on tarot. It, like certain aspects of tarot. It was like disruption generator. It, was, it took the idea of the card and it took it somewhere else.
0: Right. This one, it
1: takes the idea of a game and it takes it somewhere else.
0: So what's the difference between, uh, just for listeners that don't, um, kind of know the separation between the disruption generator and the impossible game. What is that dichotomy?
1: Um, well, the, uh, the Impossible game was much more thought out. It was much more intentional. Like, I, I knew what I wanted the Impossible the game to be when I started it. I knew what it was going to be when I finished it. And I was in control basically the entire time. The, the Disruption Generator, its intention was to be random. And that's where it ended up. Like, it, I didn't know the shape of the, the Disruption Generator until it was done. Where this one, I knew the shape in the beginning. And, like, fundamentally, the use between the two. It's like, this one is much more structured. It's a very structured way to read. It's a very structured way to utilize it. Whereas Disruption Generator, it's it's chaotic. You can do whatever, whatever the hell you want to do with it.
0: Right. And to go from Bibliomantic, where the Disruption Generator is really book-based and shuffling. Yeah. But you also, you know, like, like, a lot of it, too, was casting with Die, and I feel like you came to your own with the Impossible game. It was almost like yeah. a precursor, in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we I mean, I've always loved Dice, too, so, like, like a strong D&D background. I mean, Dice gotta yeah. go into your DNA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say next.
0: Well, <laughs> Well, you know what I would say, and like me trying to, as someone that has like followed kind of the generation of both projects, I knew less about this one, but it was more intentful than I did about the Disruption Generator, which is supremely random. The whole point of Disruption Generator was, you know, you were randomly casting a word and then illustrating that word for, I don't know, 180 days or something crazy
1: yeah like the the entire thing ran for eight months yeah eight months so it, it made a real like performative aspect to it
0: yeah it and you really had to post, you had to post an article and like do an illustration. it was such a cool concept as far as like putting yourself to an idea doing it no matter what, and like even yeah. if the the you didn't uh you were very loose even, now I wouldn't say loose, you were very hard with, if you got a word that you couldn't really fathom what that could mean, you would still illustrate it, you'd still put it to the deck or the book. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and with the exception of one mathematical term. <laughs>
0: right. So with the Impossible game, which is funny to me too, because like the, you know, the Iroboros is the is the background. I'm flipped. Yeah. Um, this idea of this infinite loop, right? You can't lose. I mean, there's really no winning. It's an oracular device. So yeah. how did you fathom what that would look like in game form?
1: Um, with that, the strongest inspiration actually came from an Alan Moore comic book. Ah. Uh, from, yeah. Yeah. And one of the one of the, the two-page spreads in Promethea, they're walking on a sidewalk that looks like a board game that's in the shape of a uh Mobius strip.
0: It's like an M.C. Escher thing. I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. basically that's like you know a board game that's shaped like that. Like what would that look like? Or what would that feel like to play?
0: So one of the things, you know, I I hate to keep it separate because I do want people to understand the difference of the disruption generator and the impossible game but as I've said people will know the disruption generator through your art your illustration which you are a mad illustrator and you've got you've got many books via Amazon beautiful books uh we've talked a lot in depth about that process but one of the things I wanted to do with the creator of the disruption generator is generate the art for this episode all right yeah and so i get to talk to the dude that did <laughs> it instead of going with my like three card spread or <laughs> and then picking the best one so i figured i have one of the rare decks here
1: mm-hmm.
0: which i hate promoting because
1: they're <laughs> not there
0: uh, I feel like a lucky some bitch that has one. It's like one of three decks, right?
1: Yeah, one of three.
0: Yeah, and thanks to Alex Ballin, no way. No, look at the what I just shuffled on.
1: Oh shit! Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> of so course.
0: So the, ca- the card, the card is haunt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is card. like, it's yeah, it's my card, but it's also like deep. I mean, that's what we call we the hollowed people. yeah yeah. uh, it's just like that card haunts me uh literally (laughs) but i figured i would love to ask you uh when conjuring i hate to use that term it's pretty loaded but when conjuring with the disruption generator and if you had a book how would you shuffle it
1: well um turn the light on here yeah. Headlamp. So everybody can yes. <laughs>
0: That looks amazing.
1: Because I am in my car. <laughs> I would just take it and actually have a copy here. See. Came up with Clover for the oh, first oh. one. Grow freely and easily; the ability to thrive in any so- soil, luck in certain mutations.
0: Never used before as an uh, episode art, and also yeah. very, very <laughs> prominent to what the Impossible Game I think is doing as far as like this, this infinite divination thing.
1: Oh yeah. Well, it's all about luck too. I mean, you're you're rolling two dice. It's all mm-hmm. about luck. That's, so. Yeah. Should I draw another one?
0: Yeah, well, I always okay, do three do the and then kind of pick the best.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna do it in the dark this time.
0: But never before have I done it with a guest. Yeah. About the actual conversation we've we're having, I usually do it post. You know, so this is cool.
1: All right, number two. I don't know if you can see it. It's mushroom,
0: clover, and mushroom. Nice.
1: Cultivated in humid darkness, ephemeral, fungal growth. I would say I, I was cultivated in humid darkness.
0: and you're literally <laughs> depicted right now for people that can't hear you. Cultivating in humid darkness. In, in humid darkness. In the yes. Oregon, what? yeah. In the Oregon in, wilderness in, in a car. Yeah, in the dark.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I got to make sure the kid falls asleep. So. I, Totally
0: appreciate that. Yeah. You're a family man. (laughs) Far more important than these silly little podcasts.
1: Oh, Jesus. Family man. Next card was new.
0: The baby. The baby. (laughs) What is the definition for new?
1: Pure and unsullied, a recent existence, a novel experience.
0: Honestly, any of those cards could be vindic in indicative not vindicative, <laughs> indicative, yeah, vindicative. <laughs> yeah of uh of the impossible game, this new kind of creation you're putting out here, I think clover and mushroom i mean all of it all of them
1: work yeah,
0: if you were having to kind of discern it into or distill it, I should say into one of those. What would you go with? Uh,
1: actually, mushroom, I think. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Because I, I think, like, for me, basically everything I create is kind of cultivated in humid darkness. Yeah. <laughs> so most, of, most of my art is kind of depression-based. I mean, it's, it's kind of an expression of something that's inside that, you know, just keeps steeping in the cold darkness.
0: I love that. Then Mushroom it is. The episode art, you heard it first. All right. But let's talk about that. Was was there any kind of mental, um, uh, you know, uh, was there a mental thoroughfare you had to go through to kind of do the impossible game? Was it more of an exercise or were you working through some stuff mentally?
1: Oh, with this one, it was really just more of an exercise. Like I just kind of the idea popped into my head and I was like I'm just gonna make it and this is it was actually one of the quickest books I've put together like every step of the way it is one of the quickest books i put together and probably it, the it most not,
0: interactive too
1: yeah yeah and it probably doesn't seem like I put it together in two weeks
0: <laughs> not at all no it, it yeah, really like, doesn't I mean I saw the kind of you know the birth of it and you shared some stuff we talk all the time you shared like Drawings and stuff, but like when it premiered, it was a very like, holy yeah. shit! Yeah. yeah, this is a yeah. full, beautiful construct, beautifully constructed concept. Um, yeah, but maybe that is kind of a part. I know, like the big, like as I've said, the dichotomy between the disruption generator and this one. You had intent with this one.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, this one lived in my brain, like, in, in its exact shape for a solid, like, month before I put pen to paper. Yeah. And, like, once I did, I was, like, in two weeks, I had it written, I had it drawn, I had it laid out, had the first copy in my hands from, like, within two weeks.
0: That's incredible. And, like, I always wonder, but is, like, the exercise of creating this, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, uh, you know, self kind of, uh, met uh how would I say, medicate in a way? Oh yeah. Like uh, maybe a lot of the stuff you're dealing with. Do you do you need, like a control as like uh, a game or some kind of? I know this one's hard to discern like that because there's no outcome.
1: Really. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. One, I'm, this one might actually be about the lack of control. Yeah. Like honestly, since it's. It's supposed to be a never-ending concept and the idea is that the game is just going on forever. Even when you're not necessarily playing, the game is still going. Like, you rolling for a new space. You're just rolling for a new space.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about, like, your your ideas of, and I hate to use the term rules because it's impossible to think about, but let's talk a a little bit about the mechanics of how one does the impossible
1: game. Well, with the impossible game, like the, the set rules in the book are that you have two six sided dice. And yeah, the combination of the two dice you read, instead of reading them cumulatively, it's going to be, there's a primary dice and a secondary dice based on what you roll. That's the quote unquote space you land on. So if you like a roll, a one, on one of the, on your primary and a five on your secondary, you go to space one dash five.
0: Yeah, you got the first dice and the second. I like that. There's a secondary. It's almost like a uh, an accent.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because doing it cumulatively just felt it didn't feel right. And also, I would have only had twelve pages.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so your first reading of it, obviously, you did it for yourself like in the, uh, you know, the, the creation of it, what, what was your finding of it?
1: Um, I don't know. I haven't actually been able to use it with real dice. and It seems to be kind of weird with fake dice,
0: digital dice or something. Yeah.
1: Digital dice. People seem to get really weird readings off of digital dice. So I don't have, I don't have like an exact memory of my first reading, but it's like, digital dice don't seem to really completely agree but sometimes yeah because well, uh, somebody sent me a, somebody sent me a reading they did last night and it was like all sorts of negative
0: <laughs> oh man well we'll get to uh some of the questions that people gave us uh, you know the first one that comes to mind is saul who had this oh yeah brilliant like like i don't even think we need any more questions
1: um yeah. that, that but... question was very intimidating
0: yeah <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know if you can, but if you could talk a little bit. So there's a, you know, there's a listener who is very involved with your art and these oracular devices and actually got a reading with you from the Disruption Generator. I'm not asking you to kind of tell what the reading was like, but how is it from the creator? Are you like detached a bit? You feel like you're not maybe... Uh, as versed in it, even though you created it?
1: Oh, which one, the Impossible Game or the Disruption Generator? Disruption
0: Generator, now, yeah.
1: Oh, well, at this point, I'm I'm pretty disconnected from the Disruption Generator. I think yeah. I've actually hit the point where I can use it for what it's for instead of looking at it and going, man, that line is completely out of place. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the, really looking... what I look at every time I see it. I see the drawing and I go, I didn't draw that right.
0: Spoken like That's a true right. illustrator, yeah.
1: Like, Nothing's ever...
0: That.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but that was but yeah, the I...
0: point is that you couldn't go back and fix it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and every drawing was strictly in pen. Like, it's pen and whiteout. If I if I fucked up bad enough, I could white it out, but most of the stuff is pretty purely just pen on paper. I didn't do an underlined drawing or anything like that. I just did direct pen to paper.
0: Yeah, and full disclosure, and, these were, you know, exercises you were doing on top of tons of illustration work
1: yeah, around yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I like I think in the last, oh, shit, in the last like four years, I have probably done upwards of a thousand drawings or more. And that's just in a four-year period. Yeah. And Yeah, like I would draw my disruption generator at like sometimes two a day sometimes one a day and then i was always working on something else at the same time
0: so we'll we'll get back to the impossible game but you really brought up something i've always wanted to ask you (laughs) and that is like how do you delineate uh involvement with each is it very intentional to not be attached are you attached to certain projects is it is it more taxing for some and not others is it or is it just all kind of pulling from the same place
1: i'll kind of pull from different places um like right now i'm i my main project right now is a comic with alex ball and and that's really strange for me it's 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 surprisingly taxing to work with another person (laughs) like i'm used to working alone i'm used to working with from my own stuff but it's it's like it's it's taxing not necessarily a negative way but it's taxing in like an exhausting kind of way where i'm not in control of what i'm drawing because of
0: right. a certain
1: thing i need to do there's a certain story i need to tell and my create the creative part of my brain just likes to run free it's it just that's definitely taxing but every other project it's kind of they all kind of go in the same loop.
0: do you hope to have like a mix of that to kind of keep each side of the brain alive in that way
1: or yeah, is that baby. just
0: yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll improvise <laughs> yeah
0: it seems like you're pretty good at just doing your own thing no matter what
1: yeah oh yeah yeah I, well, I, I tend to think of my feet with that stuff I never plan that far ahead yeah
0: that's awesome and that's another thing i mean the i thought the randomization of the disruption generator was really like a process for you to kind of detach and for good or for ill have to illustrate words that don't make any sense or that don't mean anything to you and then for you to kind of immediately you know go to the impossible game where like you had the whole thing figured out it was a total Mm. idea like was that more freeing, or was that was it more freeing just to kind of have to buckle down and illustrate droppings, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the, the disruption generator was surprisingly freeing. Yeah. Like, not not really have to think about what I was going to do, but at the same time, really, really think about what I was going to do. Because a random word, just having to, like, improvise and figure out what you're going to do with a random word is... You really have to think on your feet, because like I have a, I have a really strict schedule for my art during the day because it's while my son is napping, right? So I have a ninety-minute window every day to do art.
0: So that's I
1: gotta do it. Whatever I'm yeah, like you do all of
0: this in ninety minutes a day. This is that's insane. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, in the last two years, I think I've done five books with 90 minutes a day yeah
0: dude i mean that's that's influential to me that's incredible but i think you know a lot of listeners don't understand what a good writer you are too i think that maybe that people are drawn more to you know obviously your illustration stuff is what you put out mostly but you're a really fantastic writer and like the beauty of disruption generator was these. Um, these definitions you gave to the card, very short and sweet or to the uh component as I should yeah. say. <laughs> um, well, I
1: tried to carry that over to the impossible game as well.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I did want to have overdrawn explanations. When I originally thought it out, there were gonna be like a paragraph a page and it's like, nah, that's not gonna work. People don't wanna read an entire paragraph.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're very <laughs> short but sweet. Um yeah, exactly. but Looping back to the impossible game, we were talking about how hard it is to do, you know, digital kind of die and stuff. Yeah. That's why I'm going to put you on the spot and we're going to spin some digital die. All right. Play the impossible game. All right. So maybe from your mouth as someone that's new to play this, how do we begin?
1: Well, you just get your uh, two six-sided dice. Or and
0: one roll. digital die each?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you roll your first roll, and that's your starting spot. And from there, you know, I mean, you're going to want to visualize what you're, gonna, what you're trying to uh, get an answer for before you start. Okay. Like, really picture it in your head before you get going. Okay. Just like anything else, like, like tarot.
0: Like,
1: yeah. You want to visualize. But I mean, at the same time with this, you want to kind of visualize the game board, too, because you're you're on a Mobius strip game board. I mean, you could even kind of imagine it wrapping around the concept of what you're looking into.
0: I love that. Yeah. And that's kind of half the battle for people that have a hard time visual visualizing you know, yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's do it. Um, maybe I'll just be kind of upfront about maybe what I'm visualizing. Mm-hmm. And are you looking? So we each, we'll roll two, we will roll two die for each mm-hmm. component. Um yeah, each. Spin. And yep. are we thinking like a three-component spread?
1: No, we could. We could. Yeah.
0: Or are you yeah. thinking just just one will do?
1: Ah, uh, I don't. Think- I think one will do. I think maybe two or three at the at the least. Okay,
0: very cool. Oh. And as as the creator, would you think of it in the in kind of the tarot terms as like past, present, future? Would you think of it as like um, situation, action, outcome? Like, would it be delineated?
1: Um, I think it kind of has to be.
0: It'd yeah. be really.
1: I think it'd be a little too uh, abstract and to not have some sort of form to it okay but i mean it might work too though not having an idea just kind of going from but you know it's kind of hard like having a good structure kind of helps sometimes
0: all right well let's do it let's let's fathom something we talk all All the time uh you're very privy to uh things that are happening in my life that I'm not okay with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, same with me to you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, ditto. So maybe, um, can we do something as simple as like, I don't know, money? Is that sure. too broad?
1: No, I think it's. I think it'll probably work. Okay. We'll see. We'll find out live. <laughs>
0: but as I, as I visualize it in my head too, I'm already thinking of the trajectory. It can't just be, as broad as money, it's like, well, what's a path yeah. I'm thinking of for money? Right. So let's, yeah. So let's do day jobs. All right. All let's right. think about like um getting over I don't know. Getting over. I love that. <laughs> oh, overcoming <laughs> our horrible day jobs, you know. <laughs> um, here I'll I'm gonna put a screen share on. For those All listening, right. I'm just sharing the die here. As you can see, I've got a website, freeonlinedice.com. And I've made the uh, parameter six-sided. And we'll just roll two for the first one. All right. All right. Click the button to dice. Wait, click the button or die. All right, got it. Two is the first one. If the next one is three, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> All right, cool. So that is our, what would you call that first component of?
1: Uh, The primary. That's the primary dice.
0: Primary dice. Okay.
1: So it's two.
0: And we'll do the second one. Two. Four. Wow,
1: that is actually the page I already had open.
0: No way. Yeah, Alright, well yeah. let's uh stop screen actually I'll put it on the impossible game. Let's let's get back to us. Okay, you already had it open. That's creepy. And I just actually flicked to it.
1: Is that too bright?
0: No, it's great. Alright. I can see the illustration.
1: Involved. Yeah. The couple reflected you find yourself amidst an unwanted conversation between new love and old love the awkward and new collide with the painful transparency of familiarity ooh yeah
0: yeah i mean i i really like a, feel transfixed in that conversation you as a family man i'm sure there's like wants and oh, needs yeah. to kind of keep everything copacetic financially but it's it's a it's a hard draw
1: for oh yeah yeah, when yeah. I when I created this one, what I was picturing was a uh, a new couple facing their older version of their relationship Wow. Once they've kind of gone through the ringer. Uh, <laughs> wow. Nobody, nobody, nobody looks like later in a relationship. It's never the same as the beginning. Once the honeymoon's over, it's a very different game. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, and full disclosure. You know, the weight of the world comes in, and it's uh, it's not like a lack of honeymoon. It's it's more of a lack of uh, intention to honeymoon.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. yeah, exactly. So
0: bogged down and stuff. All right, should we do another one? Sure. All right. Yeah, this this actually
1: this actually seems like a pretty good start for for work and money, because I mean, you're looking at how if you view your job as a coupling and this is a new couple versus the old couple and you maybe your your job is kind of worn down and you don't really like the reality set in the nice job is no longer a nice job anymore
0: yeah to be completely transparent this is a lot of why I kind of asked this question yeah yeah and, and it could because it really is a point it's like okay what What can I do to spiritually and artistically, you know, uh, keep it copacetic financially, but also not be the fucking dweeb that I was for so long? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Wow. All right.
1: You could totally take that as current situation.
0: Yeah. So, you so, find yourself amidst an unwanted conversation between new love and old love. Or maybe, you know, I, absolutely, I was a freelancer for, you know, uh-huh. a couple of years and, you know, had to have that conversation. It's like, hey, that's great. You're working on a career, but it's not paying the bills. Yeah. That's a hard conversation to have with your past self, you know? Oh, definitely. It's the awkward and new collide,
1: uh-huh.
0: as it were. All right. Well, uh you're on to something here, sir. Yeah. But then again, you know that your uh your divinatory projects really do work with me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. it like, you're
0: super weird.
1: You're kind of my target audience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love so. it. like it's it's the conversation with the subconscious, right?
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like no. I I I don't claim any like special powers of any sort.
0: Right, I mean that was the beauty with the disruption generator, and now it's the new beauty with this one. Is that yeah. the first one was about randomness, the other one is about an open-ended, you know, Mobius strip yeah. of a game. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm back let's see, with this. Where, let's see where this uh this old couple is gonna go. Let's see it. <laughs> All right, rolling the die,
0: and it is a one. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but let's let's uh brace for impact. All right, uh-huh. here's and here's the next one. It is a six. Oh, seven, that's my number. It's gonna be something bad, isn't it?
1: <laughs> the corridor.
0: Ooh.
1: The sentinels say nothing but observe all. Let's see, there we go step with care. You may not want to inspire them to action.
0: Well, it was one and six, yeah? Yeah. I love that because you have it laid out so that the primary die is your guide. Yeah, it it,
1: makes it Let's see. You got a good look at those pages?
0: Yeah. Alright. I have this shitty green screen thing on. (laughs) These white.
1: Yeah, it just throws it right off.
0: Yeah. There we go. The corridor. Oh. Anyway. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Uh, The sentinels say nothing but observe all, step with care. You may not want to inspire them to action. Okay, so this is a bit more uh, elusive, I think. The first one was very easy to kind of ascertain. So, what do you. What do you see about this one? Oh.
1: It might just mean that your first step was the only step you needed. Oh. This might be saying, if you go any further, you might be inspiring other things to action you don't necessarily want to inspire.
0: Hmm. I wonder like, uh, stepping further with more jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or the, uh, the, people running your current or old jobs are watching you.
0: Oh, funny then, enough. I, I just lost one today too. An old freelance oh, gig. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not I hurting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't hurt or anything. That was, that was extra Trump change, but yeah, just found yeah. out from another uh, coworker in Korea actually, because we're both like design freelancers for it. Uh, Oh, that they kind of discontinued the job this week. So, I don't know what that means, but you may not want yeah, to inspire them to any more action, probably. Yeah. No oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you say we do one more?
1: Yeah, let's do one more, just to let's, see.
0: Let's do one more. Let's keep it threes. Um. Yeah. I will do this fancy screen share. Those of you listening, I apologize. You hear me clicking all over the place. Okay. So rolling the next one. Five. Good number. You know, I have a fear that like I'm going to roll a die and not know how to read it. (laughs) (laughs) That's one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So five is our primary. That's good. That's a good start. Yeah, oh, I, I have no idea if that means. Oh, oh and I I'll bring. Remind me <laughs> after this to uh to ask you about if there are suits with the primary die. Oh, cool. hold that. Hold that in your in your mind for a second. Mm-hmm. We'll next one. All right. Woo! Five and five that's twenty three twenty three <laughs> mirrored
1: mirrored yeah who was first who is real and who is the reflection? there is math, mass, mass in both. How could you find the answer without breaking the glass between them
0: okay, I got to read this again. This is what I'm talking about, Eric being I mean you've also written books and stuff, um, oh, yeah. but this. Your writing is just phenomenal. So, mirrored is... You can see it in the in Eric's here. Maybe I can click it. Yeah, I can read it. Eric. Oh, look at that. You got a little two mirrors. Mm-hmm. I apologize for those watching. I'm doing this stupid green screen thing. So, it's basically <laughs> like two pawns, one in front of the yeah. other. One a, a bit more... Uh just just different from the other, but yeah. obviously of the same ilk. And so, yeah. Eric's writing is: who was first, who was real, and who's the reflection? There's mass in both. How can you find the answer without breaking the glass between? So, when writing these, where do they come from? Are these meditations on the illustrations?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is really what they were like. I don't think I spent more than ten or fifteen minutes on any of these.
0: Wow.
1: I just looking at the thing I drew and going from there. Here, I'm gonna click off the light.
0: Yeah, that's that's very touched. I mean, I just love this. Like, what do you what? I think what were you pulling from when you said without breaking the glass between?
1: Um, like actually of, breaking
0: through to the mirror, with yeah, the reflection. Just, I mean,
1: yeah, breaking the uh, breaking the glass to see which one's the glass and which one is the person. Which one is the actual like thing in reality and not the thing reflecting reality?
0: And so it's almost like you're going to be disappointed, probably,
1: yeah. or is a good yeah. chance you might be the reflection. Yeah, you might be the reflection.
0: Wow. All right, so let's tether this to the other ones. So we had corridor was the last one, and then uh, what was the first one? I love uh, these two because you you illustrate these like pawn type characters, obviously, like I, uh, sorry sorry characters.
1: That's that, that's exactly what it was. They were yeah, inspired yeah. by the pieces from sorry. I
0: love it. Oh, what does that mean? So is that kind of a joke on? The kind of idea of sorry
1: maybe i don't yeah. know it was actually pretty subconscious like i wasn't really thinking about it
0: that's funny yeah <laughs> the impossible game sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had uh the was it the couple reflected the corridor yep. and the mirror hmm.
1: well i mean if it if you're thinking about how like employment and all of that stuff maybe maybe part of it has to do with what you see yourself as maybe it's uh, not necessarily maybe what you are isn't what you see
0: yeah that's really funny i've had i had a recent uh i do you know tarot every day or or close to every day i miss a lot of days but uh you know one of the biggest things i pulled from was like i think you see yourself differently than than what you're needed to be seen as
1: yeah
0: yeah or what you'll be more kind of successful as which is super funny because i'm very comfortable with myself
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean i i think i i think a lot of a lot of us have similar kind of things because i, I right. definitely like i am different than what i think i need to be but i I think I'm
0: fine. <laughs> yeah. And especially as, you know, artists, I hate to use that term like this, but as people that create and put themselves out for, you know, consumption by masses, by strangers and all of this stuff might be pushing yeah. a narrative that just kind of isn't in tune with what maybe we actually are pushing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That could be, could be. Cause I mean, I know my art definitely it, it tells a part of the story, but it's definitely not me. Right. I yeah. think if people just looked at my art and looked at my books, I think they would think I'm uh a little bit darker than I really am in real life.
0: Yeah. I would you know, agree. Like
1: I, yeah, I'm I'm a pretty generally a happy guy.
0: Yeah. I, I mean after I, a lot
1: of work on myself. But
0: Well, <laughs> let's talk about that. It's like art and exorcism for you? Is that in really what it is? Ways, yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah, so people kind of see what you're kind of and not not to demean it but like incessantly putting out that you're a very productive person, you publish a lot and stuff. And that thing. Oh, yeah. do you think that it kind of gets clouded with anyone that's paying attention as to who you are actually?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure cuz I mean it's if, if people are really paying attention to what I do, Yeah, I think they would probably think I've I've got a bit more darkness in me than I really do. But I think, like, one of the biggest reasons I started art was because I was depressed. Like, that's what really got me into it. So, in a weird way, it kind of fit into that slot. And I've just been kind of running it down that slot forever. Yeah. i never Uh, quite stopped running it down that slot.
0: But I don't think you're like, are you, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but are you intentionally, like, exercising a like avatar of yourself of who you want to be reflected as could be it could yeah be. i think i do i do that honestly i do yeah. that uh to you know the releasing of of art and stuff i i always think if i l- looked at myself with my body of work that that's all that mattered but yeah I think that that's kind of wrong right it's like yeah. the interpersonal relationships you have and that kind of affection.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the weirdest thing for me is doing art after my son was born completely changed how I, I looked at the stuff I was making. Like, my my stories became markedly less negative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the first the first book I finished after my son was born was uh, Poison Trail. Like, the first real book I finished after he was born and the ending was completely changed because of him. Like, initially, it was going to be about an ant. Like, the story of Poison Trail is about an ant whose colony gets poisoned slowly. And originally, the original ending was the ant was going to die with the rest of the colony. Instead, what it turned into was an ant saving a little baby ant and running away from the poisoned colony and trying to avoid a gigantic human that was going to smash them
0: i mean yeah that's i don't know i feel like that's when you look at it like that that's like a textbook you know i'm now working uh you know for the service of others but here's this huge you know ego that's yeah. Trying to, yeah 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 i mean that's that's brilliant so like yeah i mean I guess it's. It doesn't take a lot of science to understand. Like once you get the compassion for, you know, something outside of yourself, like a child, which,
1: yeah,
0: um, I absolutely um, am enamored with. Like I, I, I love children. Always have. I'm, I'm an older brother. I'm a, yeah. you know, uh, but that's amazing to me that there's like a distinction. Of when all of that shifted, even amidst like you creating something that had a definite end, and then just changed.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, when I I was getting to the point, like I was at the point where I was starting to pencil out the ending, and I had it in pencil on the paper, and then my son woke up from a nap, and I was like, "I, I can't do this one. I just, I cannot do this ending because it like suddenly like it snapped into place that my son was the baby ant. it's like, you, I, I can't do it.
0: Do you think that s- since the birth of your son, like your kind of intention or like your kind of silent intention has shifted into uh, something that can be, you know, uh, like a lineage for your child now?
1: Uh Maybe. Maybe. I think um, it's definitely become like I've become more playful with my art than I used to be. And I think a big part is that I want to express to my son that he doesn't have to just be sad all the time. And I don't want to I don't want him to see his father as a sad person. Yeah, I
0: love that. Yeah. That, I mean, that means, that means everything. It's just, it's just funny. So what, what do you think your intention was before that happened? Was it just to kind of exercise things?
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I but mean, partially you, it was like getting things out and part of it was just to keep myself busy.
0: Yeah. But now with, you know, the birth of your son, uh, do you feel like an internal shift even too when you sit down to create, I mean, was, obviously it's probably milked into every aspect of your yeah. creative life yeah
1: yeah i don't think i don't think i could i don't think i could separate the two at this point and i don't think i could even tell exactly where the integration began because it's one of those things i, I, I it was probably rather gradual and i wouldn't even know like the actual like place i could identify it Other i would. Went-
0: I wonder when it became real to you, when it became real, like, uh, not, I don't want to call it selfish thinking, but when it stopped becoming about you, was that, like, mid-pregnancy? Was that, you know, your wife? Was that?
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was while my wife was still pregnant, because for a lot of my wife's pregnancy, like, I, like, make her breakfast every morning, and and like all sorts of stuff like that so it's like i've i've taken a real like caretaker kind of position in a lot of ways and that's probably when it became the most real it was like when my wife couldn't quite do everything she used to do because she got pretty big yeah you know getting pregnant is is hell on a woman's body
0: (laughs) yeah i i have no idea but from what yeah
1: yeah and any guy that says that you do, or they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. But there's nothing that's going to make a woman more mad than saying, oh, I know exactly what pregnancy is. I've had pains. Like my did, knee went out when I was young.
0: <laughs> did you think, you know, I don't know. Is there like a correlation between the intent that you put in, like your artistic projects to where I think like maybe you're reverberating on like an absolute level of who you are. Is there a correlation with that when it becomes to fatherhood? Uh,
1: I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like for the most part, I mean, I, I, I try not to think about the art, which yeah. is a weird thing. It's like, I think if I examined it too hard, I'd lose parts of it. So I'm gonna, I'm going to let certain parts of it stay in the streets.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Cause like I met you during, Poison Trail. I think you had just released Poison Trail. Yeah,
1: I was. I was in the process of. Yeah, I and I think of, yeah. it's
0: really cool to hear that that's when kind of a shift happened. Yeah. But like everything since then, you've been very uh, kind of reliant on other factors, just doing their work, whether it's like randomization or you know you're creating a game that has everything to do with interactivity rather than, like, uh, an end game intent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, the one narrative book I've made, because I made Disruption Generator and then as, like, a palate cleanser, like, because for about four months after, or maybe even five months after I finished the last part of Disruption Generator and finished the book and everything, I couldn't work on anything. Like, I was just... I was just toast. I couldn't, I couldn't work on anything. Couldn't concentrate on art. Like I basically stopped drawing for at least two of those months where I just didn't draw a single thing for two months. And after that, as a palate cleanser, I did a narrative book called uh, Billy's Inferno. And I think that one was uh, an exorcism of sorts yeah and but it was still playful and it didn't have an ending it was super open-ended it was really just kind of a meditation on the afterlife
0: (laughs) i always wanted to talk to you because we've talked in depth about like when you finish the disruption generator when it when it comes to finishing a project there's this like postpartum depression oh definitely you know when it like shifts into uh Oh, great. Now I got to like, I mean, for lack of a better term, sell it, or I've got yeah. to promote it, or, you know, now it's out there in the ether, but I've got to remind people of it. And I've always like, uh wanted to ask you more in depth about, like, when the disruption generator ended, it was such an exercise, so you probably felt double, like, of a withdrawal. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that one—that one felt like a gigantic loss when it was done. Yeah, like just like I—I I was really, really, really tired of it by the time I was done with it. But then once it was gone, I just felt nothing but loss. It just yeah. felt like a gigantic gaping hole.
0: It's like everybody else's now, kind of a thing. Yeah, but yeah. you've had it, such a great response to it. I mean, it's been magnanimous
1: oh yeah i'm i'm amazed it's it's probably the most well-received book i've made that and coyote but like oh, more this yeah. than anything
0: and i mean yeah but at the end of the day that doesn't tuck you in you know <laughs>
1: oh yeah yeah nah, nah.
0: <laughs> speaking of which before i forget i we actually did have some questions maybe we should just get into so right. Saul's question at least, because he, he was really sweet enough to, to write a, That's good... a really
1: well thought out question.
0: Yeah, I'm um I'm hesitant to read more than I should, not because of anything other than just we had a great conversation the other night. Um yeah. okay. So from Saul. and this is about uh I believe, yeah, both. The Disruption Generator and the Impossible Game. Um, He says, I've heard systems like Tarot or the I Ching described as complete maps of experience. How how does the Disruption Generator and the Impossible Game each look to you when viewed from this perspective? That's question one. Put another way, the disruption generator could have been eighty components instead of one hundred and twenty or six hundred and sixty three or ten eighty. Are there areas of map of of experience that might be better delineated if the disruption generator had twice as many components or ten times as many like what's the difference
1: and <clears throat> Well, I mean, like, any div- any divination system, any oracle is an incomplete map. Like, the right. I Ching, they say it's a complete map, the tarot may be, they say it's a complete map. It's not a complete map. I mean, everybody's experience is, everybody knows their own map, but they don't know the whole territory, you know? So I don't think an oracle is going to know the entire territory
0: would it be fair to say that those, you know, that Tarot and I Ching were complete maps retroactively? Or, you know, in retrospect, they seem like complete maps, but maybe not at the time that they were.
1: Maybe. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe after years and years of study, people have filled in other areas of the territory. But I mean, like, if, if I really want to think about, like, these two as being, Complete maps. I would say these are more like the maps you get for free from an insurance company when you start a new policy. (laughs) Not quite. This is what we'll
0: cover, but you probably shouldn't do this.
1: Yeah. 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 Like some of the information might be like ten years old. You might not want to necessarily trust it completely. Uh, But I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's but that's coming from me and. I color it with the the, the same same crayon that I color every creation I make, where I see it as nothing but flaws. So, I mean, if someone else were to say, this thing is perfect for me, it's perfect for them. Like, it'll be a complete map for them. But for me, I'm never going to see it as anything but a collection of flaws
0: okay cool so you're talking like in, interpersonally it's it it could be a complete map it could be open-ended but there is actually no complete map from the intention of the creator
1: right yeah or there yeah.
0: is because there isn't
1: that could be yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, yeah a that's, tough
1: it's a tough question
0: that's how i always understood the disruption generator i mean it, it was built in randomness The reason why, and this is my favorite reason why you did, like, 120, right, was because you decided one day, I'm going to keep going to 120. It wasn't like, you know, to do this many more than tarot. It wasn't to do this many more than whatever. It was just like, ah, it's a good exercise. I'm going to keep going. And that was truly random.
1: Yeah. When I first started, it was going to be 200. It was going to be 200 at the start. Right. And then I was like, I can't, there's no way I'm going to do 200. <laughs> so it became 160 and then 140. And then I was like, fuck it, 120 is like a really good number.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, three. Yeah. Cool. So, but in the impossible game, it's a bit easier to quantify. And the idea that you're using two six-sided die. So you have a certain amount of yeah. Uh, options. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I would, I would definitely say that if somebody's looking for a complete map, the Impossible Game is not it.
0: <laughs> well, Lord knows someone's going to make it a complete map. And yeah. I, love, I love this phrase, a complete map, because I totally understand what he's saying. You know, yeah. the, the, the lineage, the hauntology of what these past Oracle devices are, Seem like complete maps because people kind of eschew different ideas about it that have stayed as academic, you know,
1: yeah. ideas
0: of it. But I think with at least with the disruption generator, it was supposed to be antithetical to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the disruption generator. It's it's an individual process. Yeah, and I mean to a point, even the impossible game is too. <clears throat> like I may say that there's set rules, but I mean. What's stopping you from using the Impossible Game as a bibliomantic oracle? Right. same way you use the disruption generator. You just randomly pick a page.
0: Well, and that's the thing. The the open-ended idea, too, with the Impossible Game using multiple players, like, there's yeah. there's no literal board. There's no end. You can do whatever the hell you want with it.
1: Yeah, like, exactly.
0: And I love that. Like, that's why it's such a... Cool, small companion it doesn't have you know this this should be the rule book, the length of this, yeah. you know what I mean for any other kind of
1: oh yeah, you know
0: board game, yeah,
1: yeah, but it's the entire game encapsulated in a teeny tiny book,
0: yeah, that's where the are, yeah, um so he asked a second question, he asked, uh what were your goals? when designing the impossible game uh what needs does it address as an alternative to other forms of divination i think we covered a bit about that but
1: yeah um, i can't really i don't really know if there's like an exact intention other than that i wanted to like it just dawned on me that i didn't really know of a board game oracle Right. And if so, just,
0: if people wanted to use it linearly, say there was a board game, um would they use I mean anyone could use it for anything. This is kind of a yeah. crazy question. But um is there I could see people using the actual you know primary secondary die as actually you know places on a board game. And then yeah. You could literally move up with sorry companions yeah. for different things. But at the same time, it would negate what it's supposed to be because it would be sequential. Right?
1: Right, right. Because you'd have to put it in a certain order and all of that. I mean, the book is in a certain order, but it's not necessarily the order.
0: Ah, this reminds me. What I meant to ask you before. With the primary die, are there suits?
1: Not intentionally. Okay. Not intentionally. Um, I mean, I will say, like, the art is based on the actual dice faces. Like, where the pips are.
0: Right. So it's oh.
1: actually designed after that. If you look.
0: Holy like, shit, you're right.
1: 1-6 one dash six for one little guy, and there are six gigantic sentinels.
0: Yeah, like the the broken fences one and two, so you have a little guy trying to get through a line, which is the two. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's brilliant.
1: And uh, like three dash four is a stage because the four looks like a box. Yeah. Three is a ramp going up the box.
0: Uh, three three dot one is the altar, which. I'm really bad yep. at showing this. But anyways, yeah. It's this inclination and then yeah, somebody that, praying. That down. Yeah. Wow, I yep. didn't even I didn't even figure that out. So if people got the impossible game, like you kind of divined what the components were literally by the pips on the die. Yeah. That's from amazing. Yeah. And yeah, that's what five, five and five was mirrored. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. And the uh, the illustrations I came up with, just like looking at the die. That's that's where the writing came from. The art came first. The writing came second.
0: That's incredible. Hold on a second. I've got to stop this stupid background that I'm doing <laughs> and show this. Okay.
1: Boom. All right. Jeff, yeah, for a second there, right. I thought that was a picture of your house.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh But I needed to show this in the camera. If you're listening, uh, I hope we can explain it well. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. So you have two die. They're both ones. And he's calling them the silent lovers. And it's because the dots on the die, he fathomed or he created um, you know the components of what those die represent and this is the broken fence I was talking about so you see the two at first and then the one it looks like one trying to get through a fence yeah it's incredible I I just realized that (laughs) Oh, and the barricades. So the first one was the broken fence. But you have three. You have one trying to get through three.
1: Yep. The barricade three is a complete wall. It's a completed wall. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a completed wall. No, that's incredible. I love my, that. Uh,
1: okay. My favorite, my my favorite illustration in the entire book is five one.
0: 5 one. I'll look.
1: I think it's I think it's five one.
0: I can't wait till people literally discover suits in this. Maybe, you know, yeah. the one was the fence idea, because you had fence yeah. shelter, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like these walls. Five, one, people of the shadows.
1: Yeah, that one has the uh, the subtlest, the subtlest piece of art is, if you look at the main guy's shadow. It
0: literally looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> and it literally
1: looks like a shadow. Yeah. yeah, but like his, his head is removed in his shadow. So, that's my that's favorite. Alright,
0: <laughs> and just for posterity's sake, people of the shadows, the writing is, they seem to keep their distance, those people of the shadows. Who are they? What do they want? There is dread in wondering what happens when the gap between you closes. I'm telling you, man, it's, your your writings of it are haunting, too. Which, do you attempt to be as, like, kind of elusive with it and more, like, poetic?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying for for most of them. It's, uh... Yeah. I mean you can't you can't have it be too specific. If you want it to be a, like a proper oracle it's got to be kind of open-ended, kind of right,
0: loose. but there's some, something about your writing specifically that it's it's very haunting. Like your yeah. descriptions, even with the disruption generator, they're so simplistic but they kind of stay with you. I'll I'll walk through uh a day and I'll think about crop from the disruption generator, grown for sustenance, a harvest of practical necessity. It's like a definition, but it makes me feel weird at the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the practical necessity, yeah. right?
0: Because you're trying to relate it to an actual, like human emotion, too, in a way, right?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, food is a practical necessity. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, crop was probably a bad choice because I was very yeah. almost literal. But but at the same time, you're trying to – when you write these components and these definitions, you're relating it to kind of how one could perceive, you know, um, yeah, just yeah, and I, life in general. yeah,
1: Yeah, and the sense of dread probably comes from the same place most of my other kind of, like, unhappier thoughts come from. But, I mean, I also – like, my writing – came from before i started putting out these books i was a published horror writer that's right i used to to write lovecraftian fiction and do stuff in like the hb lovecraft uh, cthulhu mythos
0: so a lot of adjectives
1: huh oh a lot of adjectives (laughs) tell adjectives.
0: tell me how that translates um, as someone that's like you're, you're striking for an emotion of dread through words. Like, how how does that sit with you when you literally need to describe stuff?
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't care about the bleak block with the terrible ruffian <laughs> neighborhood. Just tell me, know. is it cool to go?
1: Yeah. I don't know. In my everyday life, I tend to describe things negatively, so <laughs> it all well, sounds kind of dreadful. If if you describe it the right way.
0: What's funny is I I, I do think now after talking with you tonight that that's it's it's a separate entity. It's almost an id kind of superego thing. But the super ego is this compassionate, you know, for your child for this like beautiful life you know like it's this weird separation though one of them you're having fun with just because i think you like getting a rise out of people
1: maybe oh i do i do yeah
0: Yeah.
1: but i mean i at at the end of the day like it's not just even fatherhood at this point it's like i i care about people in general like i don't i don't want to see anyone suffering like for any reason if it's especially if it's preventable Like I see any kind of suffering, and it's like that isn't right. That's unjust. Like if if my doom and gloom comes from anywhere at this point, it comes from watching other people suffer. Because
0: that was always a part of you, though,
1: right? No, definitely.
0: Yeah, just I don't know. I've always got that from you, but I love that. You know, there's. It's not a mask because it's not fake. It's not an artifice you know what i mean but i do love the idea that yeah i think and i agree with you on this i totally have the shit kicker like personality i believe in compassion i love people i want you know uh people to be safe secure i want people to be healthy but at the same time i kind of want to ruffle their feathers a little bit
1: oh yeah yeah definitely definitely, yeah (laughs) Yeah. It's it's why when my wife tells me something that she doesn't like, like I I compare my son's shit to food a lot. <laughs> and she hates it. She'll ask, "Oh, how big of a shit did he take today?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it's about the size of a Snickers bar." It's oh. like, "Well, I can't eat a Snickers bar ever again now." It's like oh, you... today it's about it's like an avocado pit today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> As you're cutting avocado for her toast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like any good millennial, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, right? All that avocado and espresso.
1: Yeah. Wasting all our money. <laughs>
0: yeah. I literally had avocado toast and coffee today, so I'm doing I'm doing my job.
1: Yeah. I I have the most mundane breakfast, so it's oatmeal every morning.
0: We're gonna get real mundane, I'm gonna talk about my diet as of late uh coffee fruit all day with a protein bar in the middle and i don't Mm -hmm. eat until dinner and by the time i eat dinner i don't eat that much but my energy levels are like woo! i'm just one of those people that doesn't need much
1: yeah
0: you're lucky i uh i thought i I did yeah (laughs) well yeah i'd like uh yeah it's a really boring conversation. And I yeah. think um I think we covered everything, man. I uh I really wish that, you know, people had time to wait. Oh sorry, I just saw from Saul. He he uh was making fun of a picture that I posted. Uh but anyways <laughs> Um thank you so much man. I obviously will I will talk to you tomorrow. This will be no, out much. this week. We've all been super excited about the impossible game. I love the from intention to play setting. Supper time that came with the impossible game and seeing the little bit that you're working on and now you've got so much shit uh, on the Peripheral. Let's talk more about that.
1: Yeah. Um, the next thing will be the first issue of Worms Edition, spelled W-Y-R-M. Worms Edition. That's the comic I'm doing with Alex Ballin, And That's the first a- issue's going to come out end of March? It is March, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, alright. I lose Obviously- track of time.
0: It's a play on Lad's edition, right? Where? Where yeah, Alex
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because he didn't want to call it Lad's Edition for some reason.
0: Because then um, everybody will everyone. Alex Bowman was on Lad's Edition. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I don't I don't think he makes makes that a secret. I think that's no. pretty public knowledge. It's
0: pretty obvious, yeah. Yeah. But uh but I hope we do this at least monthly. Oh yeah. Um, I would love to do like a live stream with you at least monthly. We can even invite oh, yeah. other people we'll or interview out. people together. But anyways, just to interject.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then last night I got an idea for another oracle, which <laughs> will probably be my next book. And right now it's called 400 Pieces because it's utilizing two 20-sided dice. So there will be 400 options.
0: <laughs> I was just, I was hoping that you were okay to talk about it. Cause I got, I got the message today and I was like, it just keeps getting bigger. This yeah. is going to
1: be great. I think, I think this I think is as big as it can get.
0: <laughs> I think as far as like, and you say the word novelty, we didn't really explain that too much. Yeah. Um, but I think you've, Absolutely found like a sweet spot when it comes to, you know, creativity and interaction. And I think it really is these interactive oracle type things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've always kind of been aiming for a novel experience for people. Not like I, I, I did a, a, a Twitter rant the other day where I said, I make graphic novelty, not graphic novels. hmm. Where graphic novel, you're making a graphic novel, it's a narrative, it's all of that stuff, and that that seems too constrained. I would rather make graphic novelty where every book is something different, and I try to make every book be something you haven't seen before.
0: Or everyone's got a unique purpose, yeah.
1: Right, right. Like, even the narrative books have their own thing, it's stuff that's never been seen. And hopefully 400 pieces will be the same kind of thing. Like right now I'm picturing it as something that it it kind of runs into the vein of what I would call mundane magic. Right. Where it's, which it's is funny, another you know. thing
0: you're working on.
1: Yeah. Which is, which <laughs> is the idea that, you know, normal everyday life has, has just as much power as robes and chants and incantations. No.
0: I used to call them spare spells. Now yeah. I call them prag magic. Yeah. you have mundane magic.
1: Yep. Because the and, uh, because the only only difference between ritual and routine is intent.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because, and yep. uh, yeah,
0: the po- the dog and pony show too is it's fun, but. I don't think it does much. Yeah,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, what's more magical than, like, tonight, I made waffles for my family. made Mm -hmm. waffles from scratch. You take a bunch of disparate elements, and you turn them into sustenance for your family. What is more fucking magical than that? Yeah, that's perfect. We we all ate tasty waffles tonight.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. On that note, we're going to call this podcast The Tasty Waffle. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what did we decide before we go? We decided Clover. Right? Oh, no, mushroom.
1: mushroom. 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 Perfect.
0: Perfect. Well, it was so cool to actually like have a live reading of the episode art from the creator. Yeah. Uh, so That's- I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that All is the, the other stuff di- is like whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't,
1: yeah. Right. yeah. That's that <laughs> actually the second disruption generator reading I've done in the last week. So
0: that's it's right. Kind
1: of, it's kind of unusual. It's like Saul's got one coming in the mail, one with a awesome. couple of a uh, couple of surprises that he doesn't know are arriving.
0: Very cool. Well, he deserves it. Um, yeah.
1: well, he'll he'll be getting that before this comes out, probably.
0: Everyone loves the work. The Impossible Game, I think, is like. I don't know. I think it was festooned in the right trajectory after the disruption generator where it's yeah. like you've you've hit a real stride with oracular devices and it's it's really exciting. I'm really happy to know it, be a part of it. And uh yeah, dude, we're just gonna do this monthly no matter what. Oh yeah. And I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> All right, Eric. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. Psych <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, you're working on some big music and you know I love the music's. Eric, what do yeah.
1: you um I'm putting out an album of some uh retouched and redone music that I made a while back. I'm calling like I'm calling the, the, the project Outlet Sounds to go with Outlet Press. And it's uh the album is called Mandelbrot Melts Into Darkness.
0: <laughs>
1: a uh and it's because the the program I use to make the music is the Fibonacci sequence to make musical notes and i turned it into a essentially a drone album
0: yeah uh so you shared it with me my first thought uh our our collective what i'm trying to build up to is we put out an audio sigil a couple i guess it's been a couple of years now that's sucks. yeah it's been a little <laughs> bit but it's uh you know a, a free-flowing compilation of different artists and then i weave it together and make some like breathing sigil of people's audio work and when i heard this i was like that's the tether that's what we tether in between people's tracks on this new compilation that we're thinking of so i would like to invite people to submit. the the uh i would say the uh theme of this new audio sigil is about anarchic magic it's about how would you distill your personal praxis in sound and please submit it we the hallowed at gmail.com w-e-t-h-e-h-a-l-l-o-w-e-d at gmail.com and eric's beautiful work coming out separately too you're putting this album out yeah
1: yeah i haven't i i haven't done musical stuff in a long time and it felt pretty good to actually kind of like blow the dust off it and tinker around
0: it's brain tickling totally brain tickling i love it like i didn't know that you did the fibonacci thing that's cool i thought you were just kind of messing with parameters and Creating
1: sound. Well, the, yeah, the the program uses that, but as it was like going through the cycle, I was adjusting knobs and twiddling things. Oh, yeah. It kind of up as it was going. That's I, I, have interactive. No I have no musical talent whatsoever. Like I don't it's... sing. I don't know how to play an instrument.
0: Yeah. I think I can that's. Fuck
1: that so
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's necessary uh, for this. Yeah. I think at least for your art, like I can, I can see um, you using it as like an illustration, you know, mm-hmm. using sound as an illustration. And oh yeah. I think with like the, we, La, we, the Holocomp, the the point is to get more of the visual artists, the writers, or, you know, people, the podcasters that aren't musically inclined to, to kind of submit something and and try to distill something. Brass, tax you know what I mean of oh, yeah. yeah I think that's that's more fascinating with me to me I mean uh I'm sick of music as a <laughs> composition so yeah yeah that's it, that's it. all that's right it. we did it all right man <laughs> thank you so much mm-hmm. oh wait <laughs> no, hold on oh there's so much but we'll talk again oh yeah oh yeah all right thanks next next